I knew some, but I didn't know it all podcast. I'm your host, Shane Newsom. self-sabotage how not to sabotage yourself and be mindful of the things you're doing (laughs) so yeah i'll let the the trailer speak for itself but you know let me get into me a little bit it's been a while i got a brand new son he's about three months old now i also have a three-year-old and he's doing excellent he's uh just started his first music classes so i'm really excited about that um yeah things have been pretty pretty goddamn busy i've been starting to do more with the family business and uh it's taken up a lot of time and mental uh fortitude or uh endurance like when i'm get home from work and talking to all the customers and everything i'm like fuck like my brain doesn't work good enough to sit down and work on the podcast like i can't think of shit to say like i like like the motivation's gone she's like fuck i'm tired and then yeah, man. And, you know, plus I'm a father, obviously. So I spend a lot of time with my kids. And honestly, I've been a little demotivated to do the podcast because of quite a few, I guess, personal reasons. And I'll get into a little bit of that now. Um, 
some of my listeners might know, my wife, my beautiful wife, Morgan, sweet thing, she has epilepsy. And um, thank God her seizures aren't too frequent, but they're completely unpredictable. And um, we're working on getting a service dog for her. That'll, uh, that'll bring a lot of comfort her way. So I'll have a link in the description if, if you could help out. Please do. And if you can't, if all you can do is share, please do that. Because it'll, it'll help my family so much so much it'll help her mind it'll help everyone's it'll put everyone at a little bit more ease so yeah she just uh interrupted <laughs> no she brought me a drink it was awesome i love my wife so much but yeah y'all thank you so much for supporting and listening i, I you know hit me up hit me up i want to hear from some of my listeners I've never heard from a single one of you besides people that I personally know and I showed them my show (laughs) and you could come on my show and talk to me and tell me about your awesome experiences so that would be lovely please somebody somebody please so here I am I'm trying to get back in the podcast game I uh I'm working on what you know getting back to the roots of the show I've, I've, I was lost for a while I was basically just talking consciousness and I kind of got stuck for a while and uh, you know I'm trying to grow again so here I am putting out this episode that's like six months old or so Jahan 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 I'm sorry dude I don't, really, I don't know why I can't fucking pronounce your name right Jahan 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 Sator 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 I don't Anyway dude You're amazing You're an awesome guy You're fucking Badass guitar player That is Jahan Sator Playing the lead guitar On this track That you're about to hear Or heard I'm not sure when I'm gonna put That song before Or after this But here I am Rambling along And I hope It grabs your attention Because this is a very insightful conversation that, uh, you know, has, has been helping me, and, you know, the more I talk to Jahan, he's, he's motivating, and, you know, let's all try to be better people every day, you know, we can, we can fall, fall back down a little bit, but we always gotta try to make sure we get back up, and that's what I'm doing, I'm getting back on that damn horse, and, fuck yeah, everybody, here's the episode...
Welcome to the I Newsome But I Didn't Know It All podcast. I am your host, Shane Newsome, and tonight I have with me the host of the Boundless Authenticity podcast. What's up, man? Introduce yourself. Hey, Tell the people who so, you are. Uh, yeah, it's good to be on your show. I am Jahan Sator, and I am a mindfulness teacher, a truth teller unfortunate for some and a self sabotage coach i'm also the host of the boundless authenticity podcast and um basically my whole work is based around teaching people how to tap into their subconscious mind so that they can do really cool things with their life instead of living the mediocre preset lifestyle that the powers that shouldn't be try to hand to us on a daily basis and uh, a lot of that's just dealing with changing internal dialogue, um, getting rid of harsh memories, dealing with tough emotions, and actually deleting information from the subconscious. And, uh, you know, I've been a meditation teacher for the past 10 years now. And that's all about just when to meditate, how to meditate, why you have certain thoughts and feelings during meditation, how yeah. you handle that, and, you know, how to tap into the highest parts of yourself to make changes and experience to different realms and things like that wow that's awesome dude so do you let's start off with um like what what when did you come awaken to how awful <laughs> the, the government can be and is oh i've known it my whole life honestly um when i, I remember being a kid and uh, the governments we had to... of the world excuse me <laughs> yeah, yeah. That. so i was born in barbados and okay. I, I had to uh go through a lot of um indoctrination there because the first thing they do is they program you with the the nationalism the views and the national anthem and all the things that they do they do the same process everywhere um and you had to write an acrostic poem using the word Barbados, which means for those who are, have never had to do such a dreadful thing, it's like every letter in the word Barbados was a line in this poem. Mm. And they already told you what it is that you had to write. And I refused to do it. And so from then I was a rebel. So <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. I remember wow. being out in my yard and my mom was like, you have to do your homework. I was like, no, I don't want to do it. She's like, why don't you want to do it? I, it just feels wrong. I don't want to do it. So she kind of like, you know, she's programmed by the system. Sorry to say, not to dog out the old lady, but she, she kind of wrote it out for me because I was like, I had to do it. And she was worried about me getting bad grades or whatever. And I was uh, like, all right, well you do your thing. Cause I ain't doing it. <laughs> hell yeah. Yeah. So wow. I, uh, I rebelled against the culture my entire life. I, I, you know, we share this in common. I'm a rock musician. Hell yeah. I, I was a musician by profession before I got into this whole thing. And I was basically shunned by the entire culture because, you know, when people think of this country, it's sun, sea, sand, beer, and, you know, Calypso music and shit like that. Yeah. And it's actually a very religiously dominated society. So anything that goes against that is automatically the devil. And mm -hmm. uh, basically, I was very good 
at music from a very young age. I, I literally saw myself on stage in my mind's eye one day when I was on my way home from school in the back of my mom's car. And I just knew I wanted to do that. And I loved the sound of drums and stuff like that at first. And my dad was kind of like, well, drums don't have a volume knob. And I was like, well, yeah, no shit, Sherlock. And so he got me a, a guitar and uh it turns out that's what i what i really needed anyway because in that vision that i had i'd seen myself holding a guitar and walking up and down the stage and stuff i didn't know what yeah, any of that meant of yeah. course and wow. uh, i i loved the sound of it and um i just got really good at stuff like that and i never i learned all the other genres jazz and blues and r&b and those things but it got to a point where I was kind of like, yeah, I just want to play rock and roll. Everybody leave me alone with the other shit. I just want to do that. Hell yeah, dude. And um, that's the thing that kind of, uh, <clears throat> that's the thing that kind of propelled me to getting some kind of uh, spiritual awakening, if you want to call that it that. That was going to be my next question. <laughs> yeah. So I, I had to go through a lot because um, from the time I was a kid, I mean, my mom never wanted me to be a part of the religious culture. Um, she was raised Catholic and I think her dad was like Anglican or something like that. And I was raised Catholic. She, she never really dug that stuff, you know, like most people wake up to that thing that they do. And she just was always curious about what is God. And she realized that whatever they were saying just wasn't the truth. And she yep. never wanted me to be persecuted by you know, those who believe they hold the truth to everything. And so I went through school. Sounds like you had a real good mama. <laughs> well, in that respect, she definitely was tough on a lot of things like that because I, I was, um, I was treated really badly, to be honest with you, by a lot of teachers and stuff because the color of my skin, I look different from other kids. Um, I wouldn't participate in religious studies because she never wanted me to be indoctrinated by that. So because of that being the dominant culture, um, the teachers would shun me and say that I was satanic. And you know, around here, the culture it's is kind of like, if you're not black, they hyper-focus on your ethnicity. You have to be something. So if you look like me and you're a mixed bag of everything, uh, you're, you're, you know, your family's from all over the place, they either automatically call you a white guy or you're an Indian guy, if you're a little bit brown. It's very strange. And so... Doesn't because even make they, sense. Yeah, because they couldn't figure out what I was, quote unquote, they would shun me for that too. And so I like, have the teachers saying that I was evil because I, I didn't believe in God and all kinds of things like that. But it wasn't that I didn't believe in God. I just didn't want to be persecuted and indoctrinated into something that was false and was going to take away my ability to see the world for you know all the beautiful things that it is so i came up through that and then around age 14 i, I played my first gig and i was hooked on music from then yes and, dude. you know started wearing all the black clothes all the eyeliner nail polish bondage pants the chains everything earrings in every hole 
I mean, I straightened my hair and I, uh, that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I went fucking nuts with it. I had, I wore skinny the, jeans and, you know, I had a chain wallet, oh, yeah. a spike belt, you know, black oh, clothes shit. every day. But, you know, minor emo. It was just like all, there was no other kids like me to back me up. So I just had to be like, chill, chill emo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah man it was tough there was nobody else that was like me either so i was the only one and i just uh, didn't have the balls i guess man (laughs) i don't know man it takes a pretty big pair of balls to dress like that every single day and you know when people are gonna throw rocks at you and shit so um you know i was persecuted by just about everyone because of the way that i looked and the things that i liked and um I just kind of persevered through that, even though it was really tough. And uh, a lot of things led to me becoming really depressed and having a lot of anxiety and that kind of stuff. And whenever I reached out for help from anyone, they would shun me. They were like, oh, well, you know, you're the problem. And, you know, you suck and all these kinds of things. And you're, an, you're just an angry person. All these really Why freaking... that happen to these poor teenagers? Like every <laughs> single teenager this happens to. Like just about... It's so horrible. Like when they need guidance the most, like people just treat them like shit. Think they yeah. should know everything. And Yeah. That's oh, exactly my. what happened. And um, by the time I was about age 17, I started drinking... And mm-hmm. by 19, I was on all kinds of drugs and stuff like that Oof. to try to numb the reality. I did my experiment and, and numb the pain. I got yeah. lucky. I never got addicted to anything. I mean, I, I like to smoke the cannabis, but, you know, well, and nicotine. I'm addicted to nicotine, but I'm lucky I never got addicted to any freaking like fucking heroin, dude. Yeah. Oh my God. There's so many people that get so bad in my area. So yeah, bad. Man. It's it's tough. I've lost a lot of friends to heroin and stuff yeah. like that. Oh, yeah. Um it's it's a tough place to be because I was trying to deal with all that stuff. And what I didn't say is that my dad was an alcoholic and he was extremely mm. like verbally abusive, which is I there was a lot of times yeah. I wish he would just hit me like every yeah, other dude. drunk daddy out there, For you know. Real man. <laughs> 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 dude, they say like like uh what is it? Sticks and stones can break your bones, but names can never hurt you. Like fuck, man. I don't know, but if you if you don't know how to to deal with what someone says to you but i don't know i don't know i don't yeah whoever said horrible. that dude, shit that's oh my god no words can fucking <laughs> hurt you dude whoever Jesus. said that shit never met a narcissist <laughs> <laughs> damn <laughs> fucking right man yeah man so you know that's how i kind of like ended up being in this position because what happened was i i'd always been chosen out of a lot of people to go audition for record labels and things like that. And a lot of dark That's shit would happen, right? Whoa. Like, you know, you'd meet with the A&R, A&R executive and they take you off to like a dinner or something like that. And then they start propositioning you in very inappropriate ways, you know? So mm. by the time mm. one of them actually just was like, do you suck dick? I was like, oh, no, I don't. And I think I'm done with music now. 
<laughs> yeah, <laughs> dude, independent just all kept, the way. Yeah, it just kept <laughs> happening over and over and over. And Jesus, back then, in, in the indie thing was just breaking through. Oh what year was this? This was 2007. Oh so my back, god, dude. Yeah, so back then... So all you know, of my favorite bands have had to suck a dick? Unfortunately, man. Like, that's what they do. They get you uh, into these rooms or these positions and... um. They want to get you in compromising positions. Yeah, they get you into these, you know, strange compromising positions and they document it, basically. You know, get you dance around naked and stuff like that. And then they'll give you a million dollars for your first contract or whatever to make your album and stuff. And, you know. And then that's their blackmail. Essentially. And so you're locked into that system forever. And I almost got caught one time because um, they gave me a contract and in fine print in the contract, it said that I needed to sign away my entire life and my image to them and everything that I did. And it was for like three years or something like that. So they would own me for three years. And my lawyer actually did a couple of contracts for Rihanna at the time. And he actually, he sat me down and he was like, listen, man, I know you well enough to know that you're not this kind of person. Here's what you're getting into. And he just like pulled out his laptop and he pulled up some videos on YouTube about the dark music industry and like the satanic Illuminati and shit like that. So he's like, you gotta watch this. And he, he spent like a couple of hours showing me this stuff and I was just like, holy yeah, crap, I knew it was dude. bad, but I didn't know it was like that. And he's like, yeah, this is exactly what people get themselves into. And it's like, I, you know, I can, I can push through the paperwork for you, but I don't think that you're this kind of guy. I just don't see that happening. And I was like, shit, man. And so that left me even more depressed than I already was because, you know, here you, you go, you find out this thing about something you want to do and it's your you know a thing you've built and based your entire life on for years and um that sent me into a tailspin so how i ended up having a real awakening was i tried to commit suicide like three different times with as much drugs and alcohol as i could find i just kept coming back and it's gonna sound really funny and also very dark at the same time i was like Jesus Christ, I can't even kill myself right. And when those words came out of my mouth after that third attempt, I heard myself. Like I really heard the quality of my thinking for the very first time. And something changed. And so I started getting fit and I just started thinking, you know, there's got to be a way for me to do this thing that I really love to do. I'd spend hours on the treadmill and stuff just trying to, I guess, lose weight, but also visualize myself on stage doing the things that I that I love to do. And I suppose that's what the cool kids call manifesting these days. <laughs> I don't, I just kind of call it using your fucking head. And yeah. um, what happened was something very strange. Um, I was, I was actually doing quite well at that time. I, around that year, this must've been 2011, 
I uh, was chosen out of a whole group of people. So I was basically one of the top 25 guitar players you've got to hear uh, on some magazine. And the guy above me was the guitar player for Breaking Benjamin. Oh, shit. All right. So that was the kind of quality of people that I was ranking with. And I just really couldn't see that because I was in such a dark place. And um, this lady saw all this stuff that was going on because it was posted on Facebook and stuff. And she was at a uh, radio station in Seattle and she was like, I love your music. Is there anything I can do to help you? I was like, yeah, get me the fuck out of here. And I said it jokingly. <laughs> and she was like, oh, I can do that. And so, you know, she helped me get my musician's visa and shit like that to go and uh, travel to the States and stuff. <clears throat> so yeah. I basically hightailed it off to Nashville, Tennessee, and I learned all about, you know, studio stuff and yeah. played in stuff out there and got involved in all kinds of different genres and stuff and learned a lot and traveled to Seattle as well. Traveled nice. across the bottom states of America and just met a whole bunch of really cool people. And uh, eventually somehow I ended up in Pennsylvania. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah, me. Yeah. Where are you at? Maryland. Oh, sweet. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I ended up in PA and I was doing some gigs out there one night and um this is where it gets really creepy for me because I I don't know this it just gives me chills to this day man um tell me I was setting up for the gig and I was talking to the sound engineer and he's like okay so where do you want to put this and that and so that was the kind of conversation I'm having with him and a really tall guy with blonde hair and blue eyes walks up to me taps me on his shoulder and he says I notice you have an affinity for leadership. Have you ever heard of coaching? And I was like, nah, I've never heard of it. And I Yo, I'm turned away like from him. Chills right now. <laughs> yeah. I turned away from him and then went back to talking to the sound engineer. And I must've talked to the sound guy for like an, another 30 seconds or so before I turned around to the guy and I was going to be like, yeah, so, you know, let's go get a drink. You can tell me about what coaching is. Cause it sounds like something new and interesting. I've never heard before. And the dude was gone. gone. And I searched the entire bar for this guy. He was just gone. And I thought to myself for the entire night, like, wow, why would he dude, just tell oh me God. about something? It's got a big old flash of energy and my eyes teared up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he's like, why would he tell me something and then just dip like that? So that was such a bizarre experience that I ran right home naturally. And, um, you know, by this point, I'd learned to follow the signs. So <laughs> I typed up what is coaching, and, you know, the, the first shorts. thing that comes up is uh, like Tony Robbins and stuff like that. And I was like, okay, this seems very strange, but interesting. And so I just followed that. I got involved in, in that world and, um, I'd already been interested in meditation and stuff like that. Cause what I didn't say is that a couple years before that on Facebook, again, another lady from Florida, she's actually deceased. Now a shout out to the spirit of Tina, wherever you are. She, Tina. she was like a, a IFBB pro bodybuilder. And she's like, 
uh, I noticed that you're kind of out of shape. Would you like some help with that? And, you know, she, she'd met me through the music and she was a fan and everything. So that's how she found me in the first place. And uh, I was like, yeah, fuck yeah. Because I was like 265 pounds of pure blubber. And um, she was like, all right, here's what we're going to do. And she gave me a whole set of plans and stuff to stick to. She sent me like 600 bucks worth of supplements and shit because her roommate oh, yeah. <laughs> was like a, a a big ifbb pro bodybuilder that had like a nice. room on its own just full of shit that she'll <laughs> never use like sponsorships and stuff holy shit so they sent me all that stuff and you know like she trained me from like remotely and i lost like a hundred pounds wow in a short space of time and um that's incredible she sent me a dvd by wayne dyer change your thoughts, change your life. I think and, I remember that. Yeah. And so that just like where I was at, she was like, I, I know that some of these concepts will be really difficult for you to process and stuff because of the dark place that you're in. But if you just listen to what he's saying and just give it a shot, it'll work out for you. And like, she kept me accountable for all of that. And so I was already getting into meditation and stuff like that at the time. And, um, it wasn't until I had that weird moment with the tall guy that I honestly believe he was some kind of an angel or a UFO, EAT, yeah, something, man. Yes. Yes. hundred percent. That's, I mean, that's my intuition immediately told me as soon as you said it. Yeah. And then I got those fucking energy shocked down my spine and shit, dude. <laughs> yeah, man. So I just was being led to to this i think my entire life especially since like other kids even though i was treated like shit i'd still open up my space for other kids and a lot of kids that were really poor and stuff i'd let them come over and and stay at my place and stuff a lot of these kids were abused had parents that were drug addicts yeah alcoholics things like that and i would help them out so I feel like that entire thing, my entire life was just bringing me to this point to, to lead people yeah. and really help them, you know? Yeah, dude. Every, like, I don't know. There's a plan for everybody, even if yeah. your plan is to, to die a horrible death, but <laughs> yeah. Um, wow, dude. So tell me about what you, about your, about coaching. Like, yeah, man. You... So <laughs> what were you saying? Where would you start off with somebody like, like, um, you don't have to give me a coaching session, but like, give me a five minute coaching session. <laughs> well, you know, man, it, it's, it's difficult to say because everybody's different. Everybody's yeah. at different levels, right? Like life, life is kind of like, it happens in levels, but we arrive in stages and, um, what happened to me initially with the coaching thing is I started off with the regular stereotypical coaching stuff. I thought that, you know, I just had to have these really clever questions and I'd be able to help people. But then I fell down the rabbit hole by accident because what happened was I was going into to meditation, really deep states of meditation. And these things were happening and it made me ask different questions about the human psyche and what the soul is and where we go when we die. And, you know, mm -hmm. all that stuff. And so that changed the way that I thought about coaching because I was like, something's happening. Every time I close my eyes, these things are happening. Uh, sounds, images, mm -hmm. things like that. These full body experiences. 
And that's when I kind of, after some time searching, I figured out what the subconscious mind was. And that changed the way that I thought about coaching. So I tossed all the other stuff out the trash because I figured out through all that research that it was just another control mechanism that kind of gets people enrolled in thousand dollar uh, coaching classes and then it doesn't really get them any results. And then they, when they're done with that, yeah, when they're done with that, you know, they offer, you know, now you can become a coach too and (laughs) all that kind of stuff. And so I figured out that's, that was what was going on. And it's a part of the game shit. It's a part of the cult of psychotherapy. Uh... Right. And so I changed the way that I did it. So I was like, okay, so what's the enemy doing? Neurolinguistic programming. I got to go learn that. Um, a lot of books by Aaron Beck, the one of the founding fathers of cognitive behavioral therapy, really helped me get out of the dumps and change the way I thought about things. So I was like, okay, maybe I should learn CBT. So I did that. Uh, you know, I trained to be a mindfulness teacher. I did like 300 hours of yoga. Wow. I did, you know, um, all kinds of different coaching courses and certifications and stuff like that. I went and studied to be a mental health practitioner, did all this stuff. And so all each one of those things, I even did diet and nutrition and each one of those things gave me a different level of insight than I first had to apply in my own life to figure out what works and what doesn't work, what's true and what's not true, because what's true for me is probably going to be true for a bunch of other people. So I did all that stuff and then that changed the way that I will coach people. And so when I go into a session, it's not with any expectations. Mm-hmm. I don't have any magic tricks in a bag somewhere that I'm just going to throw at them. I don't have any magical questions. The main thing I want to know is what's going on with you? Like, what do you think is the problem? Because a lot of the time it's two things which are kind of, I guess they kind of go work against each other because when somebody is telling you that they have a problem, shut the fuck up and listen because they have a problem. Yeah. The next thing that goes against that is the problem they say they have is never the problem. It's always something that's occurring on a subconscious level that dictates the way that they think and behave on a loop every single day because the subconscious mind is doing 95% of the work and the rest of you is only 5% consciously aware. And some people are so affected that they're actually at 1% conscious awareness. Wow, yeah. And 99% subconscious, right? Yeah, all the double maskers out there, are, oh, they're yeah. definitely 99% subconscious. So, mm, maybe 99.9. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, so one of the biggest things that I come across is people have built and based their entire life on these programs that have been handed to them by the powers that shouldn't be. I like to call it the cult of global disempowerment. That's perfect. Parasites. (laughs) (laughs) And so what happens is that when someone doesn't know their true identity as a fragment of consciousness, occupying a temporary vehicle for the expression of consciousness, they're going to grab any label, any identity coming down the pipeline and they're going to love it. Like any old thing will do, you know, I'm anxious, I'm depressed, I'm bipolar, I'm a tranny, I'm a cat, you know, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> and the subconscious 
is scanning the environment at a very rapid rate because the subconscious is processing more data than the conscious mind. Conscious mind can only take in 140 bits of information per second, but the subconscious is doing, it's communicating to whatever, 60, 70 trillion cells, 6 trillion commands per second. So that's a lot. And they even say that the figure is greater than that. I think it's like 10 trillion or 11 trillion. They keep raising it year after year as they find out more about it. Right. But you only have to hear 6 trillion to be like, yeah, that's a fuckload. Yeah, that's a fuckload. (laughs) (laughs) It's like trillion is like nearly inconceivable. Like a billion is a fucking lot. But a trillion, and then once you get to multiple trillions, yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, so you know, it depends on where a person is at because a lot of people are at different levels of awareness, and um, a big part of understanding psychology and, and the mindfulness aspect of it, where those two things meet, is there's a psychologist called uh Ulrich Nieser way back 1920s i think and he was working on the original theories of cognitive psychology and what he was saying is that there's five different levels of self-awareness the first one is the ecological self which is where you have awareness of your internal and the external stimuli uh the second level is the interpersonal self and that's where you are able to be aware of how you're interacting with others And then the third level is the extended self, which is your ability to be aware of past events or future thinking. Um, Fourth level is the private self. And that is all about how aware are you of your thoughts, your emotions, and your intentions. And then the last level is the conceptual self, which is... Are you being aware that you are aware? Are you capable of that level of awareness? And how good are you at detaching from your views about yourself and the other selves around you? Right? And most people are only at this first or second level. And so... A lot of, you know, a lot of my coaching is getting people to push beyond the greater levels because it's cyclical. You, yeah. you just cycle through these five stages all day long. And what the subconscious mind does is that it creates these internal representation systems for everything that you witness because the subconscious, you could essentially call that subconsciousness because it's the mind of God. And it taps you into the field of intelligence of everything around you. And people hear that, but they don't quite fully get it. And I understand because in order to fully get it, you got to do all the stuff (laughs) that I'm talking about having to do to really get to that level of research and insight and be like, holy shit, this goes deeper. I feel like you did a little more work than me. I did a little (laughs) bit of research, but a lot of psychedelics. And like everything you just said, it's just like all lessons that have been taught to me through psychedelic experiences is incredible. And right. then, you know, it's, it's I just did like you, like the awareness of being aware of like, you're like, 
I don't know. Sometimes I can even like almost feel like I feel my my blood flowing through my veins. You know what I mean? If right. I sit there and think about it. So I, yeah, yeah, right. And so, you know, it's really it's really easy to stay here and talk about these things, but it can come across a bit like we're talking at people because it's so yeah. much stuff. Yeah, it's so much stuff, and you either have to have a deep spiritual experience. Like you gotta hit some mushrooms or, <laughs> you know, go do some DMT or ayahuasca yeah. or something like that. Or you've got to spend a lot of time in meditation and asking questions and really and the, learning. You I know, mean, there is a lot listen. of, yeah, asking questions. And yes, like you said, learning how to listen, you know, to yourself while you're in a deep state like that. I feel I've, I've haven't practiced meditation very much. So I've never had what I would call a psychedelic experience from meditation, but, uh, a lot of my dreams I've, I've gained, you know, insight from, which is a very similar state to a psychedelic experience. Well, you know, sleep is the best meditation because when you're sleeping, you're directly into the subconscious. And if you don't get curious about what's happening in your dream state, you're missing out on a crap ton of insight. Why is that not like, like, why do people not like, tell like what what was your dream last night like that should be a question that you hear from everybody every morning like what the (laughs) fuck like that's some crazy shit we could figure some shit out i agree with you i agree with you because you know the ancients used to do that but that's something that's systematically been programmed out of us to not question the different levels of uh consciousness and so back to the internal representation system thing, the subconscious uses, uses that faculty to make sense of all the information that it has access to. But what it does is like, it's like shoving a square peg in a round hole because it tries to use the same information based on what the herd is doing to tell you how to live your life. And so... Doesn't everyone if, if I say to some, different? Yeah. If I say to somebody, there's a pink fuzzy elephant behind you, what's going to happen? They're going to be like, what is, what is, you know, their mind's going to start to put together these images of what they think a pink fuzzy elephant looks like. <laughs> I definitely started to. <laughs> exactly. If I tell you, don't think about the Statue of Liberty. I'm popped right up. It's like... <laughs> exactly and so you know the people that heard us on the human farm they understand psychology way better than anybody else out there and they know that humans are hackable animals and so that's kind of what they do they create these internal representation systems for you using all kinds of things images the music we listen to so it's in all the movies all the songs everything's based on hypnotic language because they know that the body is going to cue into all of that And the mind is going to cue into all of that. And that's how they hijack your consciousness. So the entire experience of life that we have right now that we believe is normal is all an agenda to hijack consciousness, to suppress consciousness, to take us away from our natural abilities. Right. And so um, there's actually a ton of people out there who, even though we have an endocannabinoid system, they can smoke as much pot as they want, but they, they trip out and they get anxiety and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Like they can't handle it. It's because it, when you smoke it, it's psychoactive. But when you consume it like food, 
then you get a different effect. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of people who cannot derive any insight from that. So that's when you see like the dumb stoners that don't know anything. Yeah. And so in some ways, the the cattle farmers are doing that on purpose. They love to perpetuate that. So they'll never educate you on the different levels of it, how to do that. You got to go figure that out on your own. And it's like that with just about everything else, because uh, any change in state is going to lead you to some different level of awareness. Yeah. When you're watching the TV, any screen, essentially, within 90 seconds, your consciousness is deactivated. It's in the prefrontal cortex right here at the front. And that's it. You're you're a goner because dude, it's so you, fucked. When I start a podcast, I'm like my my thoughts are flowing, and I'm and I just get on the screen, and I like I can't fucking talk anymore. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And there's a way around that. Actually, what I what I do is I usually set my awareness to outside the the outside of my eyes. So I'm not yeah. looking directly at it. I'm looking at all the things are like I got my keyboards uh, and my studio speakers and things over here. So I'm looking at those things and I try to fake it. Like I pretend and I'm looking at you, but I'm looking everywhere else except for uh, at the screen directly. Because shit. if I do that, I'll start blubbering and yeah. you know, I won't be able to focus on everything that's coming to me. I won't be able to focus on all the streams of consciousness coming to me that need to to be said yeah yeah, you know so i'm a big believer and don't block the flow i'm just gonna turn the fucking monitor off (laughs) i don't even do video (laughs) i do video just so i can see you (laughs) audio podcast yeah man man. so have you uh have you talked to matt landman from no i have no idea who Okay, you should check out Matt Landman. He's a super cool activist. Uh, he's the creator of the movie Franken Skies uh, about chemtrails. But uh, he's lately he's been into uh, you know how frequencies are affecting us. Mm. And, uh, yeah, that frequency thing is a big thing. Like people think when they go to an arena to see a concert, or they go to a stadium to see their favorite um, team play that you know it's all fun and games but they actually run frequencies to get you into a certain brainwave state which makes you easily hypnotizable and you're just fucked like nothing's safe man nothing's safe everything is hijacked run for your lives (laughs) go in a cave and meditate oh man um see i just got to the point where it's like Everything is everything. Be the best person you can be. Go on, do all the meditating you need to do. Go do all the psychedelics you need to do, whatever. I don't condone the use of anything besides food, water, and air. But, um, you know, you're in this body. You live in this life. Live it. You know, try to be the best person you can be. Try to be better every day. And, uh, you know, I got to a certain point where exploring my consciousness was taking over my life. Like I didn't, I didn't want to be in a body. I wanted, you know, I was, I was kind of depressed at this, at this time too. So it was like, I'd rather be in those realms than actually be Shane and live my life. Yeah. Those realms are very seductive. And, uh, so you just gotta have a good balance Good balance. 
Yeah, those realms are very seductive. And and um, that's a big part of the reason why I teach people how to breathe. When anybody comes to me, the first thing I do is I make sure they're breathing correctly because most people are in fear mode mm-hmm. and they're breathing shallowly. Mm-hmm. And even when they meditate, they can't deepen the, their state. And my version of mindfulness is all about mindfulness. So like you said, live your life. And through those experiences, you find out what are the contents of your subconscious mind, what you actually believe about the world and yourself and other people. And you question those things to death. But when you are breathing in a particular way, the thought streams will arrange themselves in a particular order of what is the most pressing issue. And it's all about placing things into different packets, if you will, of information that you deal with the the biggest thing first. And then it goes down the line in a sequence from big to small. And it actually, that breathing actually slows down the frequency that you have these thoughts. So it's kind of like having a secretary that just shows you, you know, is it okay to keep this? And it's your responsibility to say, no, no, motherfucker. No, I don't want that. Even if it's good, get rid of it. Mm-hmm. Because consciousness is attempting through you to have more experiences. But if you're not living your life, then you're placing a limitation on yourself. And if you are just living in fear-based thinking and anxiety and stuff like that, you're putting a limitation on yourself because you're not using this vessel for what it was meant for. It's an amazing piece of technology and people abuse it or they're not using it. It's usually one of those two things. I'm using it and abusing it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Wow. Life is, is a strange thing. I've experienced many realms and I gotta say, I, you know, I like being in a body now, even when I'm like sick as a dog and like your body aches and you're dry heaving. I'm just like, man, you know, I could just be like in an ego death where you completely, it's just, it's basically the void. You're in just in mass chaos of infinite chaos that's a, that's there's no better explanation there's no order at all and it's uh, basically a hell state that you can be trapped in first of until, all man. until you <laughs> until you realize that you're doing it to yourself the 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 fucking ego death thing is terrifying it's horrible it's oh it's it's like, a good thing to have happen to you yeah most people can't handle the things that go along with that do you imagine like in my experience during my waking state i'd get these little voices it'd be like we're gonna die like something's wrong and all kinds of stuff mm-hmm. like i had to deal with that it was yeah. wow like, yeah fucking frightening it was like a walking nightmare <laughs> yeah i mean the my my voice is basically just telling me to kill myself <laughs> oh man i think i had that one before and it didn't work so yeah, yeah. So you had to get a new one. Oh, yeah, yeah so see, a new one came. That's up. how demons work, man. You know, they're just there to teach you a lesson. And when you when you win, what do you what are you gonna do after you win? You're just gonna be, sit around and be bored? No, you need another challenge. So boom. Yep. Dude, yep, it's infinite exactly progression, it. man. Like 
that's the greatest thing about the mystery of life. Once you get, you think you made it to the highest level, you're like, I fucking, I got it figured out. And then somebody drops some other shit on you. You're just completely flips what you thought you knew upside down. Yeah, and, bro. Especially in these times we're living in. Like nobody knows nothing. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. What I mean, how can you tell me anything is fucking true? Like other than uh, you know, I, I breathe ox- oxygen. I guess it's the oxygen. I don't know. Maybe that maybe it's 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 I mean, I guess they have the, the chemicals figured out, but like what who cares what it's fucking called? Like, I don't know, dude. I don't know. Nothing. I don't believe nothing. Yeah. I, I, you know what I try to avoid, I'm not trying to piss anybody off here, but I try, I try to avoid the flat earth discussion, like the plague. Oh man, dude, you don't, cause it's like, you don't, um, you don't believe in the, in the space pancake floating upwards. (laughs) (laughs) It would be raw. It would be too much of a stretch to say that that's something that I believe in. You know what I'm saying? Cause that means I have to be absolutely certain about it. Yeah. And yeah. then with, you know, the, some of the people that I speak to, I, you know, I've spoken to people who work in the, the field of cosmology and stuff like that. And they have a far better understanding than they ever will. And they're like, no, the earth's not fucking flat, man. <laughs> and here, and they're like, here's why. And then they're like, blah, 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 blah. And it's all like, well, all these I different mean- extremely technical things that it's like, all right, so somebody's got to take me out to space. <laughs> so I can see what the earth looks like. Yeah, you know I'm saying because at the end of the day, none of that's actually more important than the fact that regardless of the shape, we're getting fucked on some type of planet. Come on, come <laughs> we on. We better like, do something about it. Come on, dude. Like, what? Why is it like? I guess. I guess there's the one guy who has the good. It's like a kind of a decent theory. But I don't like it wouldn't work. So like if it is a flat earth, there's the idea that there's more lands outwards and we can escape the corruption if we all just say fuck you and go to these outer lands. And uh, yeah, I definitely I definitely I don't believe in uh, I my my good friend of mine, Lehman Dollins, told me that uh, he heard I forget where he heard it from, but any belief is a limiting belief. Yep. It's true. No, every belief is a limiting belief. It really is. And the thing about beliefs is that it's just something that you've heard or you've told yourself that you have validated as being true. But we don't know. We don't know shit about anything. (laughs) Like, what the fuck? How, like, what is a human? Like, like you, with the big bang. Okay. How is that an explanation? What the fuck is the big bang? Like, okay, sort of energy was a pin. How did it get into a pin? Where did the energy come from? Like, exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, Once you start asking those questions, and you, then you uh, get into the theory of everything, where there's universes and not just a universe. Then mm-hmm. you know you got to ask more questions. Like, are all the other planets in those universes flat? Like, what? You know what I'm saying? So we can't really <laughs> sit there and get distracted by one idea when we come here to do the work. If All it, right, check yeah. it out. Check it out. Here, here is my my flat Earth epiphany. Okay, so they're all just <laughs> they're all just realms. Okay, so you're on your flat infinite plane, whatever. 
but you want to go to Mars because you can see it up in the sky as a sphere. So maybe we're on a circle and maybe it does stop at the ice wall. <laughs> but then you go into the inner earth and you can fucking go to Mars through a portal. Because, uh, you know, it would take a while to go through space. But then there's also, I heard some shit with the Russians when they sent up their first astronaut. He went crazy. And now they have to have some sort of artificial magnetic field or some shit on their spacesuits and in the space station to keep them from losing their consciousness. So maybe a human consciousness is tied to Earth, even if it is a planet in space. I kind of feel, I mean, there's no ultimate truth. So this is just a fun little theory. Yeah. You know, some interesting person to listen to would be like Emery Smith or um, crap. What's that guy's name? I can't even remember the guy's name at this point. Um, I can see his face. God damn it. Randy Kramer. Randy so Kramer. Randy Kramer uh, says that he was a part of the 20 and back program. Okay. The okay. secret space program. And he was taken by the military when he was a kid. Programmed a particular way. A clone of his body was made. Sent to go back and live with his parents. And they took the real him off to do these things because he had these special abilities when he was a kid. And, you know, he talks about how there's portals that they really use. That's how they really get to different planets and stuff like that. They don't I'm fucking, fucking fly right, anywhere. Dude, I'm fucking right, dude. Right? See, that came, that, came <laughs> off, that came from up here, dude. No one told me that shit. <laughs> <laughs> so they don't really, you know, fly anywhere. Space station's not going anywhere. And uh, you know, he talks about how the moon is really just a like a space station, essentially. And um, you know, it's not it's not a stretch to say that there's other forms of life either, because of the stuff that this guy talks about. He talks about like having to go to wars and stuff, or go to yeah. bases on other planets and stuff. But it's all fucking um, insect beings and shit and grays. And- yeah. It's like nobody's flying anywhere to get to these places. They're all just um, basically shifting from one place to another by dematerializing in a special machine. And it takes them this place, they materialize over there. And he's talking about how sometimes you feel a little bit wonky and stuff the first few times that it happens, but you get accustomed to having your particles changed and then come back into... (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's trippy as shit, dude. I mean, anything's possible, man. Mm-hmm. None of that shit sounds crazy to me. No, it's like the stuff like, that sounds the craziest is probably the most true. It's probably, dude. It's <laughs> probably like who thought of that shit? Like, <laughs> why are there so many people saying the same shit? Yeah. I don't know. Like a lot of the alien abduction shit is is weird. Like you hear about my labs, and then you know you hear the technology is is fifty to a hundred years to even more farther ahead. Uh, you know, with the powers that be than us the public, and you just get to thinking, 
are there aliens? Is everything like that? I guess that I don't know, dude. <clears throat> That's a- well, I'll tell you what. I have a podcast with her, Kate Thorvalson, and she has, uh, you know, we've become good friends. Um, we just talk about this kind of stuff all the time. She has a book called A Hybrid Story, and it's the story of her life. And she was taken by ETs and um, implanted. So she can actually take these magnets and put them on her body in different places, like 30-something different places, and show you that they're there. And she doesn't even really know what they do or anything like that. She hasn't been able to figure that out. And so I'm pretty sure that these things exist. It would be silly to sit around and say that life on other planets or in, you know, across the universe or in other dimensions and stuff to say that doesn't exist would be really silly. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But what if they're all humans? (laughs) Time traveling. Hey. Oh man, I had I can't remember what I was gonna say. It's been a long day. I uh, <laughs> I cut grass for a living and shoo man, it was hot. I hear you on that. I hear you on that. Right now it's pretty warm in the islands. So I've got it says eighty now, right now. That's not too bad, but it got up to 90, 90. I don't remember. It was in the nineties. <laughs> yeah. Um. So how, tell me about your med- meditation. How do, how would you sit down and have a meditation and what, uh, basing it from a psychedelic experience, it's going to be different every time, but it's going to be very s- similar still. Um, so can you tell me like, cause no, I've never heard this from anybody. They're like, yeah, you sit down and breathe and then you have your meditation. It's like, what does that mean? Well, it depends on what kind of meditation you want to have. I mean, I could label it all kinds of different things like transcendental meditation, all this crap, but none of that really matters. The purpose of the meditation is to use the rest of your faculties for what they're really supposed to be used for. Um, so the mind is a meaning making mechanism, really the brain, I should say. And what do you want to do? Do you want to go in and look at the meanings that you personally assign to everything and rewire that? Sure. You can do that. That's one way of meditating. Or if you want to go into the realms and stuff like that, it's the same process. Your breathing has to be correct. It's the focus on the sound of the breath that takes you there because it actually gets very intoxicating the sound of the breath and the feeling of the air brushing against your nasal passageway is a very intoxicating feeling. Plus when you um, exhale and your stomach comes in and it touches that vagus nerve, it calms the entire nervous system down. And so the body goes into rest, digest and reset. It looks for things to fix and you can do that if you want to. So if you want to heal during meditation, you can do that. If you want to go to the realms and stuff like that, you look up and it takes you through the levels and you just continue to deepen your state of awareness. And as you practice things like that, it gets quicker and quicker and quicker until you can take yourself through 
the different brainwave states essentially so you know there's the beta which is what we're in right now because we're having a conversation and trying to understand there's alpha which is relaxation uh delta which is deep sleep and then there's theta which is a dreamlike state well in theta which is a state that i go into a lot you can go into the different realms you can go up through the dimensions if you want to call them that and you can go all the way up but you have to practice that and know you know where to avoid certain things because you can get mm -hmm. trapped in a lot of places mm -hmm. and you know you can end up doing a lot of strange stuff that can potentially mess you up so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah i i feel i feel like like psychedelics are uh they're just an amplifier to like i think life is the trip if you want to call it that like all of existence and when you take psychedelics it just it kind of forces you into into the those states yeah yeah basically yeah wow no one's ever broken down meditation like that to me that simply i so, spent a lot of time off thank planet, you man, very so. much dude <laughs> <laughs> like i spent a lot of time off planet so it's like um describing these things is easy for me so like i wouldn't uh do you go to realms where you have a body you know i've never actually seen a body like i've okay. never looked around looked down and saw like hands or anything like that okay in any of it's uh, it's always a sensation of where i'm just traveling and I, I do get that impression where it's pure consciousness it's just traveling and i can mm -hmm. see other things and other beings can see me sometimes mm -hmm. and a lot of the time they're actually scared they're like what the fuck how do you get here <laughs> and you know they're they're usually like whoa man it's a ghost which is interesting because that's what uh, we do yeah yeah <laughs> right so yeah. I've never seen any like body parts or anything. I've seen uh, disembodied beings. I've seen all kinds of different beings that look different ways. So uh, when, so like when, when you go on a travel, it's like a physical place like this. Like you'll like, you'll see a chair in a living room or some show. You'll see some trees in a, a, a town or, or is it for me, for a psychedelic experience, when I'm traveling through realms, it's all been, looking like this thing that's here what i was about me. to say that's what i was about to say it looks more like your tapestry it looks more okay. you see more fractals and you yeah, see yeah, more yeah, yeah. sparkly shit you yeah. know all that all that stuff just to keep it simple for okay. people that's what you see clear and anytime yeah anytime you start seeing other people other humans or you start seeing um like things that you know you're not in any particularly deep dimension yeah there are mirror worlds where mm -hmm. things happen and it, it matches this reality and in fact a lot of things happen in the mirror worlds that affect um, this reality affect this reality in certain ways and so places like the fourth dimension and stuff like that that's where a lot of battle is done there's literally people who just meditate they're, they're positioned all around the planet and they meditate yeah, dude. with they that just purpose fucking sit in a cave for like yeah. 15 20 years fucking fighting keeping the earth yeah at least this peaceful yeah and there's people who do that and they don't you know live in a cave or anything like that um Spiritual i know i, I know that. one of them uh, she used to be a school teacher 
And uh, Laura Van Tyne, she used to be a school teacher, and now she just fights beings in the fourth dimension because they started wow. attacking her kids. Wow. And, and stuff like that. And um, I had basically, a deep urge to do this when I was about 18 to 19. No, I was like 17 to like 19. And I could just, the only time I could get to those realms was through psychedelics. And it was just basically mm-hmm. learning experiences. And uh, I don't know, I feel like I have a lot of love to give, and I could slice some demons with my love sword. <laughs> the love sword. I think <laughs> the psychedelics are really great for that because they take you directly to source. Yeah, man. And you can see different things like the creation. But then I know people who've never needed anything like that and they just feel like their consciousness gets yeah, amplified. Source is like a is a pretty rare experience, apparently. I've I've experienced source and I gotta tell you, dude, it's infinite love and bliss. And like the love in any every single kind of way you can think about it, like the best love ever for eternity. But guess what, dude? Like it's fucking boring. It's very boring because there's you nothing really want happening. All there. this horrible shit to happen. <laughs> this is all your fault. So stop blaming yourself for shit because it's already your fault. Initially, original sin, I guess you could call it. And uh, you know. Don't take shit as seriously. Do what you gotta do, but fuck, have some fun. Yeah. A lot of people are so miserable. Yeah, on the dimensions and stuff where you get to to source energy, one of them is is the seventh plane of existence. And there's not a lot of stuff happening there. Most people kind of expect that there's gonna be like a voice is like sounds like uh Morgan Freeman and you know it's gonna be all good, <laughs> but it's not, you know, it's just pure white light. It's so much white light, it can actually hurt. It can feel like you're staring into a, a lamp at times. Wow. And huh. there's nothing happening there. And so, you know, all the experiences that a person would get on psychedelics, you can have them there as well. Yeah. You can also swap out subconscious programs, you can change things in your DNA. You can, uh, you can heal yourself and other people. That's what I want to do. <laughs> so you know, it's it's really not um, this thing that we try to glamorize. Like we try to make it seem like it has to be this Morgan Freeman in a white suit type experience, but it's yeah. not anything like that. You know? Yeah. Wow. See that, and that's another problem I've had with meditating. I knew I always knew you're supposed to set an intention, but it's like, well, fuck! I have so many millions of different intentions I could set. Which one do I pick? <laughs> you just focus on whatever is the highest good for yourself and other people at the time. It doesn't have to be an intention. There's a lot of people out there who can't even fucking tie their shoes without setting an intention because they're so spiritual. <laughs> and, you know, they got serious problems. Like they got to yeah. go see a head doctor yeah. or something because intention is just thought energy. So we are setting intentions all day long. Yeah, all day long. Yeah. You Every know? single I, thought, basically. Yeah. So I have to point that out because there's a lot of people who don't understand that that's all it is. They think it's this magical mystical process but yeah. everything you know like i want bacon that's an intention yeah you know what am i have for breakfast scramble eggs okay that's an intention yeah you know so um it doesn't have to be anything like that it can be just focus on whatever it is you need to do with your life that's for the highest and best good of yourself and all the others around you 
because one change in your consciousness affects everyone else on a, a micro level. Yes. It's like the monkeys dipping the potatoes in the lake thing. Yeah, man. Hundreds monkey effect. Yep. Dude. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's great talking it, to huh? someone. Sorry. It's great talking to someone who is aware of their awareness. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, you just talk to... I haven't podcasted in, in, in like two months. I've been so busy with work. I just haven't, haven't scheduled anybody. And, uh, you know, it's really great. You know, I have a few people in my life I talk to that for lack of a better word are awake. And, uh, you know, it's just really, really refreshing and it's, it's motivating and it gets, you know, a lot of the cobwebs cleared out and the gears turning again, you know, <laughs> Yeah, man. Well, you know, it is it's easy more... to get sucked back into your, you know, regular mundane cycles, especially <laughs> yeah. if you work a job like I do. Yeah. I, one thing I would never make the mistake of doing again is refer to myself as being awake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, for like, I couldn't, couldn't think of a word at the moment. I think I got to live my life in a way that every single day there's at least one thing that happens. I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, I think if yeah, you're not yeah. having that, happen every single day you're not really doing anything yeah i don't mean oh shit in response to the external stimuli like oh shit in in response to your own internal processes yes yes you know yeah like i'm fucking this up (laughs) or maybe you're sitting around and you if you're like me and you're primarily auditory no shit there right like i'm a musician but yeah, yeah. if you're maybe you're visually led and you see images or something like that and something pops up in your awareness, if you don't pursue that, you've just missed a valuable oh opportunity, my right? Goodness gracious, yes. That is such a big thing. I've been like I've been really trying to do that because I don't know. I since I cut grass, I listen either I, for the longest time I just listen to music all day long. Then I found podcasts. It's amazing. And you know. Sometimes it's my my job was great um, before I figured out I could put headphones in my ears because I would just sit with my thoughts all day. And probably when I was about 14 or 15, I was at like, honestly, my best. This is before I did psychedelics. Like I was an outstanding person, dude. Like fucking I went to bed at like nine o'clock, got up at like five, like on the dot, like was ready to go in like 10 minutes, you know, dude, like, and, uh, I don't know what happened. I mean, I'm not too far off from that now. It took me a while to get back to that. I forgot what my point was. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know where you were going with that either, man. Jeez. Well, I'm getting really tired. I guess we'll call this the show. Dude, <laughs> thanks well, for coming man. on. Yeah, thanks for having me on. And, you know, this was a really a good chat because I got to talk about things that I don't normally talk about. Usually I just have to repeat the same shit over and over because I'm Dude. usually talking about what's the subconscious mind because nobody knows what it is really, right? So. Mm, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, that's good. See, I'm not very good at at trying to talk to regular people about about this kind of stuff you know because it's just kind of like yeah you're everything everything's you you're uh god's you you're not quite god but you are uh yeah 
And then she's like, well, what? Why? You know? And, you know, that's, you know, I wouldn't say that to somebody, but that's basically the gist of what I'm trying to get at with somebody. And it's uh, just an overload. Yeah, man. Well, awesome. Let me close out the show here with something very profound for people to think about. Yes, please. There are many different parts of your mind. There's a part that knows when something brings you joy. There's a part that recognizes guilt and shame and anger. There's a part of you that knows when something brings love or it brings pain. In mind control, there are various parts of you that are manipulated using parts and loops. The mind loves to loop over things because it is constantly showing you its observations. And these various parts all have functions. They can even work together to activate other unrecognized parts to create certain outcomes. So in the time that we're living in, I want to say this. We're being controlled and we need to take responsibility for ourselves and our internal worlds so that we are the controllers of our own lives and our own destinies. Because a skilled controller for any purpose, good or evil, can create two different parts of you that continue to loop over each other nonstop forever. And you could be unaware of it. So very simply, if a part creates joy and the other recognizes pleasure, they can loop back on each other in a system that keeps you doing that on repeat forever. If a part recognizes fear and another sees confusion, they can learn to loop back on each other. And so you'll live your life very disempowered in anxiety, in shame, guilt, anger, all those things. But in both of those cases, the mind will try to abandon those thoughts. So have you ever noticed how you remember pain more than joy? Yeah. The mind wants to avoid just as, it, as much as it wants to process. And so it will abandon thoughts. It will abandon the good things. But the problem with that is that it will continue to subconsciously, beyond your awareness, loop over those thoughts and create amnesia towards those thoughts in the conscious mind. So a lot of stuff is happening that you don't know is going on that's dictating your life, but not just your life. The lives of everyone else's experience of consciousness around you. And that's why harnessing the power of your mind is so critical. We have to learn to take responsibility for it. We have to be willing to do it because a lot of us have kids. I don't have kids of my own yet, but I have a girlfriend that has young kids. And so they're my responsibility. I see any man out there as being responsible for other people's kids, period. And in, in the war against consciousness, the subconscious mind is always the target, but the kids are the next target. Yes. Yes. Right. So we have to be vigilant. We have to be you know, in a place where we want to get better and be aware. And when a thought surfaces, whether it's good or bad, in that same system, a confused part is also going to surface, right? And that is going to awaken the ego, the egotistical part of the mind. And what that part wants to do is it wants to protect, which then activates fear and terror. So these thoughts are going to repeat until they're acknowledged and questioned fearlessly. Or that state of avoidance that I talked about, or the amnesia, 
is going to be created by default. So these parts will then loop over and over until you deal with them. Thoughts can be implanted in you using various language patterns or from various sources externally like movies, music. And it's your own mind that will keep you in a prison by the linguistic patterns associated with all of these things. So in other words, whether it's you controlling your mind or somebody else controlling your mind, it's all about getting the right suggestions and the mind will automatically do what it's supposed to do, which is automatically create an environment around those suggestions, which dictate your thinking and your behavior. So I just wanted to share that very complex piece of information that sums up how the mind works in general for everybody to ponder on because that's the war on consciousness. Take that. Take and that's that, also everybody. why they banned me. <laughs> that's why they banned me everywhere. Because you're not supposed to say that. <laughs> you're not supposed to say that. No. Oh man, dude, I gotta, I gotta book a session with you sometime. Sure thing, dude. Thanks for listening, everybody. That's the show.